Welcome to another episode of the Tech That Doesn't Bite cast. Yay! We're here to talk about tech, tech news, and all things technical and all good stuff like that. And with me, as always, my cohort, my co-host, my comrade at ours, Simon C. Hello! What's up? What's up, dude? What's up, everyone? <laughs> Please contain your enthusiasm there, son. It's all good here. We're just at a live broadcast. Yeah, what's up? What's up? Yeah, whatever, man. It's cool. Yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> it's a live broadcast, but it feels like a pre-recorded broadcast because no one's watching. So, <laughs> well, you know, people will start to watch. It's gonna happen. Yeah. That's how it's gonna go. That's how it's gonna go. So, how are you, my man? All's good with you? All good. You? I'm rocking, man. I am rocking, big time rocking. All right. Well, we got a lot of stories today, as most of them involve the 5G stuff. No, it's not about vaccines. No, it's not become about be becoming a 5G tower or magnetic or anything like that. This is about the chips involved, as well as uh, the weird naming conventions. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Simon. Tell us about the chips in regards to the 5G Sure. Stuff. So, you know, right now, most 5G phones are in the kind of the flagship phone price range, which is about like, no, 700 bucks or even higher to up to a thousand. Uh, read that as being very expensive. Yeah. So very expensive. And, you know, for a lot of people, you know, they do want 5G, but they're not, they don't want to cough up that money. No, and, you I know, don't. because they don't need all that bells and whistles on the phone, you know, just really simple things that they could do. They could just go. Like browsing. make phone calls. <laughs> yeah. Make phone calls, go on the internet, you know, take a couple of pictures. You know, they don't need three cameras they don't need you know, you know a telephoto lens on it so oh my god it's crazy you know we're still looking for that you know mid-tier 5g phone that's you know it's not gonna break the bank right and it's also gonna provide good a good experience because you know if you, you know if you do cheap out in these mid-range smartphone they do suck <laughs> they can you know? yeah yeah because can. the performance sucks you know their software updates are pretty much non-existent Right. So, so now it seems like Qualcomm, which is probably one of the one of the biggest chip manufacturer for you know cell phones these days. Mm -hmm. You know, Qualcomm Snapdragon six ninety five. This is their new series. You know, is a faster mid tier five G chip, plus three other new Snapdragon chips. So this is a article from The Verge. So look at this picture. There's like the Snapdragon six ninety five. 5G mobile platform, and then there's a 778G 5G mobile platform, and then there's a 480 5G mobile platform. So there's a couple of uh, different chips that are being about to be released. Mm -hmm. So Qualcomm is announcing a pile of new Snapdragon 
chips today across its mid and entry level product lineups. Snapdragon 778 Plus, 695, 680, and 480 Plus. Offering more options to device manufacturer when it comes to picking the best processor for a phone, and in theory, more choice for consumers when they're looking to buy one. Mm. The most notable new chip is the Snapdragon 695, which replaces the Snapdragon 690 in Qualcomm's lineup. Unlike the old models, the Snapdragon 695 will support uh, millimeter wave and sub six gigahertz versions of 5G. So those are like the the top notch 5G. So the millimeter right. wave, right? Which should help improve data speeds even on cheaper phones, which have thus far tended to skip out on offering millimeter wave support, which is true. There's also a considerable boost in performance. Qualcomm promises a 15% improvement in CPU performance and up to 30% faster graphics rendering compared to the 690. There's also the curious addition of the Snapdragon 680, a new LTE Oni, you know, that's built on the same more modern six nanometer process as the 695. It's not a, it's not quite up on par with the 5G chip that Qualcomm announced, but rather is intended to help fill the gap. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So the other two ch- chips that are refresh versions of existing models is the Snapdragon 778G Plus, an enhanced version of the standard 778G. So a lot of numbers right now. Yeah, as long as you can count, you're okay. Beyond that, you're so basically it's, a lot of them are really gonna get like a performance boost with better 5G support. And the four new chip platforms are all expected to launch later in Q4 of 2021, which is not that far ahead. It's coming pretty soon, Q4. Cool. Uh, with partners like HM, HMD, Honor, Motorola, Oppo. Uh, Vivo and Xiaomi all expressing interest in using at least some of the new Snapdragon chips. I know for sure Motorola will. Yeah, I mean, they've always been around doing stuff, so that makes sense. They probably yeah. toss their hat in. So probably other manufacturers that sell like mid-range smartphones, like the lower tier smartphones, like maybe OnePlus will. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, on the, on the Nord series, um, what other brand I could think of? Probably Google too. You know, <laughs> and their and their their bottom Pixel models. So they're probably gonna look at something around these range. But yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. No, it sounds really good. I'm excited the prospect of as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if you if you're not willing, frankly, if you're not willing to shell out six to seven hundred dollars for you know for a new chip phone, whatnot, obviously you need something cheaper. You need a cheaper item, and thankfully they're filling that gap. You know, granted, yeah. they could just, you know, come up with like one big chip, charge a medium price and basically apply, you know, have it uh, work for everybody or mostly everybody. But a lot of ways you could do the marketing on that. But I guess they choose to tier it that way and, you know, yeah. try to maximize I, their dollar. I think a lot of these phones will be either in the $250 range to the $400 range. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's not um, bad. That's, that's Depending on the kind of phone you're getting, I mean, two fifty to four hundred isn't bad. That's yeah. Those are those phone iPhone. line will be probably the the Motorola phones, like the Motorola, you know, five G phone, the Motorola G series, the E right. series. Um, you know, OnePlus they have the the Nord stuff, which sure. is like their mid range stuff. So, you know, like I said, Pixel. You know, if they're gonna do like the A series, like their three A, four A, and then there's a five G A or something like that. Yeah, so like they're they're starting bottom so i'm pretty sure more companies 
will eventually just use one of these chips for their really, really low bottom funds. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of these chips are going to get like government type uh, letterings and whatnot. Yeah. It's the, uh, the A35, it's the, uh, the G whatever. And a lot of government, government sounding agency names. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> well, you know, naming conventions are just bad across like phone stuff. Is it though? Yeah. I mean, does, uh, well, then it sounds like that might lead into your next article about naming conventions for, for, is that just the 5G connection itself? Or does that have to do with the chips too? Or what's the deal with AT&T and all that? Well, let's take a look. Well, I think just marketing people don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> well, you know, I, I will put money down. That's probably what it is. Those marketing people, boy, let me tell you. So AT&T 5G Plus expansion plan highlights how much its mid-band coverage trails T-Mobile. So there's another article from The Verge. So basically, um, you know, AT&T mid-band spectrum rollout for 5G is just about to start. Just about. So it hasn't started yet. <laughs> yeah. Coming soon. Yeah. Coming soon since 2019. <laughs> so AT&T's new 5G expansion gives T-Mobile the perfect I told you so moment. Yeah. Yeah. Don't gloat T-Mobile. You still have your own problems. So, yeah. <laughs> so. Don't, don't usually people do that anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> AT&T currently offers two flavors of 5G. 5G plus over the high band millimeter wave spectrum and regular 5G, which is comparable to 4G LTE, which is true. <laughs> so now a blog post details AT&T's plan to roll the mid-band spectrum it owns in, into 5G+, conflating its fastest but hard-to-find 5G with a new variant that has a better chance of both range and speed, the kind of 5G that T-Mobile has been focused on from the beginning. Former T-Mobile CEO John Ledger slammed AT&T for not having a mid-band spectrum in 2019, stating that 5G needs a low-band, mid-band, and high-band spectrum to work efficiently. This is because that high-band millimeter-wave 5G offers the fastest speeds over shorter distances, making right. it best for highly concentrated areas. You still can't find them, or hard to find them these days. Right. Well, they they may have the technology to actually be able to accommodate that, but this it, if this is not much different than radio waves, where you got the shorter waves, yeah, that you can get really good fast signals, but it's just over a shorter distance. The slower the signal, the further you can go with it. That's not yeah. an unusual thing. I mean, the your your average router that has two point four G uh, gigahertz as well as the the five G gigahertz on the on your router is the same thing. It's a slower signal, but you can reach the other side of the house. Except with the five G, you can't do that. It's yeah. it's much shorter. Unless you got repeaters, but that's a whole other whole other show right there. But that, that's a whole other thing. You have to worry about it's a whole other Oprah. We don't want to talk about. Conversely, low band five G provides the same bare minimum for speed over wide areas. Offering five G services with no in between isn't ideal. A bit a mid band range serves as the median between both spectrums. Until this year, T Mobile was the only major carrier with access to the entire range of spectrums. Verizon and AT&T invested nearly $70 billion to combine gain access to the C-band spectrum in February, making both companies two years behind of T-Mobile. Doesn't feel that way. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would imagine we're all running on pandemic time. That'd be my guess. It's, it's just... No, I mean, just like, well, T-Mobile here in SoCal just sucks. Well, there's that. Yeah. So, I mean, it might be better in some other places in SoCal, but... Not the SoCal where I live. So, well, it, might, it could 
it could be a competition thing. So, I mean, obviously we got a high concentration of people here. We live in the city, the burbs, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of people here versus more remote areas where there just is this big a demand for the signal. So, I mean, that, that might, that might be a big difference. It means they have a bandwidth issue. (laughs) Well, that, yes, exactly (laughs) it. Like I said, it's not so much the signal, it's the bandwidth. One problem after another. (laughs) It's always always the bandwidth. So testing performed earlier this year by PCMax shows a difference so far in carriers' approaches. In one year, T-Mobile saw its average download speed as tested skyrocketed past the average speed from Verizon and AT&T, even though Verizon's maximum speed was much higher. According to PCMath, testers could consistently reach speeds between 150 megs per second and 500 megs per second on T-Mobile network using the mid-band spectrum, providing a sharp difference from the capabilities of 4G wireless. So there's a lot more you can read about this article, but I'm not going to read the entire thing. Um, AT&T Post also, also clearly explains that it's plan to lump together millimeter wave and C-band under 5G+. And it doesn't appear that it's giving you a way to dis- distinguish between two bands. T-Mobile operates similarly as it displays a 5G UC icon when you're connected to either its mid-band or high-band spectrums, while Verizon collectively calls the connections 5GUW. All this relabeling by mobile carriers isn't making the transitions to 5G any less confusing. Yes, thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> thank you, Captain Obvious. Yeah. No, with each service introducing its own nicknames for their fastest 5G speeds and AT&T mislabeling its own 4G service as 5GE. Yes, that was a thing. The 5G mess becomes less and less appealing by the day. So, in other words, all the naming conventions and 5Gs from your carriers are a bloody mess. Well, maybe they ought to name it like they do, like the uh, the Apple OSs. You know, here's uh, you know, here's Mountain, here's this, here's you know, Frank, here's Joe, here's Joanna. You know, just go, just just go with names of people and just solve. You know, kind of like they do with hurricanes, just solve that problem that way. Joanna Plus, <laughs> Joanna Plus, it's a five G Gandalf, whatever. I don't know. It's, it's uh... yeah, but then they're just gonna, you know, when they start running out names, they just get add pluses. Well, okay, are they actually gonna run out of names? And let's think about that for a minute. I mean, they're not gonna run out of names. You might get confused by all the people in it. Yeah, but it's you're not going to run out of names. Yeah, but then it's like, you know, they, all they have these, like, they're different marketing scheme. Like, for a while, T-Mobile was, like, the the fastest network. Right. Or, you know, the fastest network. And then AT&T was, like, the strongest network. Yeah. And and then the Verizon was, like, the the widest network or something. something No, man, they're the coolest network, man. Or something like that. Like they just had this like weird naming, naming marketing nonsense. It's just like at the end of the day, it's, it's all just, it's all gimmicky. It's all, well, it's either it works or it doesn't work. That's it. it, That's it's the nature of marketing is to get you to try their stuff out. But see, the thing is, Obviously, depending on where you live, your experience with one of these carriers is going to vary. That that's the short mm-hmm. answer. So, it doesn't matter that they might have the most coverage. It doesn't matter if they got the strongest signal. It doesn't matter if you know whatever they've got, or they have you know yaks that are roaming in the field that actually power the entire network. Doesn't matter. Your personal experience. You. Yeah. If it works for you and and you get a really good experience, or you know, or or you get the least bad experience, if you want to think of it that way too. If you want to get a little pessimistic about it. Less co- dropped calls, you know, less uh, 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 slowdowns, whatever it is, that's for better or for worse. That's your best experience, whomever that might be. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. Mean, 
Yeah, it, it all obviously it all depends on probably where you live and all that too. Obviously, you're in a crowded area like where you know where Simon and I live here. Obviously, you guys are gonna have a different experience than somebody who lives out in the boonies. You know, they've got you know free range on whatever bandwidth is floating out there. And chances are their experience isn't gonna differentiate whatsoever on any of the three of the three big networks at all if you're out in the middle of nowhere. Out here in the city, eh, you know, it, it, there there's gonna be some variance, I'm sure. Yeah, so, definitely. There, yeah. there definitely is. And it's just at the end of the day, it's all about how much you're willing to spend. Yes. Always well, that. Uh, well, no, no, most, no, no. That's a big one. How much you're willing, how much you're trying to save, not willing to spend. No one's willing to spend money on these companies. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Well, let's say you have a budget. We'll leave yeah. it at that. Whatever, yeah. whatever you budget no. for. That, that might be a better way yeah. to put that. You know, and, you know, again, the experience. Yes, absolutely. That, that's all that matters. You know, right. like I get, I get rename a tower, 5G megawatts, gigahertz, whatever, <laughs> you know, 5G, awesome gigawatt. But, you know, if I get the speeds five, the of 5G, not a vaccine tower. Yeah. You know, if I get speeds, that's like only one megabits down. Like you suck. <laughs> you suck. Yeah. You know, you exactly. suck. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. So. Exactly. Just letting these companies know that you can name your stuff whatever you like, but if it sucks in my area, you just suck, all right? Yeah, no, that that's a child truth. And you vote with your wallet. You decide what you know. You these companies should just say like, "Hey, try us out. We suck. We suck." All right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just be no, honest. no. Mar marketing, it, marketing is never going to be honest. Like, let's not even kid ourselves. We suck. We that. suck. Yeah. Well, we try not to suck. We suck the least. Really, yeah. we do. Oh God. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Let's like, go that route. No, but let's that's be that, honest. Let's level with America. There was a great that's, more. that's their underlying message behind all this 5G, you know, oh, sure. UCW, whatever is like really the underlying the, the main message is hey, we we might not suck, but you know, <laughs> give yeah, us exactly. a try. There there's a movie with Dudley Moore, and for the life of me, I'm not gonna remember what the name of it is, where I guess he had he was a marketing guy who was really good at what he did, then he got like hit in the head or something like that, and it completely altered his perspective. And he's like standing at this corporate window. And he's like kind of ranting about somebody. He says, let's level with America. And and I think it was Paul Reiser who was co-starring with him. He just said, we're, we're marketing. We don't do that. That's crazy. So, you know, and of course, the, the funny part in the rest of the movie, he actually makes honest slogans about different products and, and, and sales goes up everywhere because these, this company was so honest about about whatever it is that they were selling. So I was like, yeah, we're boxy, but we're safe. You know, there's all sorts of goofy <laughs> stuff, but no, it, it was an amusing movie. I haven't seen it in a long while, but it was an amusing movie. Deadly more. Check it out. All right. Let's move on to our next story. All right. What's our next story here? And next story is about the Apple's new MacBook pros and their Ooh. GPU performance. Ooh, yeah. Nvidia versus all that stuff, right? Yeah. So yeah, Apple's MacBook pro, there's an article from the verge again. Um, Man, The Verge is just full of it. It's wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, depends what article. <laughs> depends on what you're. Yeah, depends on what you're. No, the thing that really bugs me. I'm, I'm just gonna go off a little tangent real quick. <gasps> like, really, the things that bugs me about a lot of these. No, I've seen like tech websites. Sure. Sometimes they, they like they have articles where like it's not solely like just about tech. Right. Uh, like, right. Like, CNET, for example. Mm. I go CNET for tech news. I don't. I don't go to CNET for why are they reviewing movies? Like I don't get it. It's like it doesn't make any sense. It's like well, well, you got big nerdy guys like us that like to like to watch sci-fi movies, so they're going to review that. And they may yeah, review but, a whole bunch of stuff either. But yeah, there's got, other you know, places that do it. 
So like they do it like I don't know. I I just like it just bugs me like when I go to CNN.com, it's just like their main headlines like a movie review. It's like okay, yeah. It's like clearly I know what you're trying to do, but well, I they're just, just trying to get a I piece just, of the market slice. That's all it is. You know, it's just all like is. I know they're just trying to clickbait. <laughs> hey, if the check clears, doesn't matter where it came from. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> as long as the check clears. Crazy. But you know, I just, I just find it like annoying sometimes. Like I don't like. You know, I just go to tech sites to read tech. I don't go tech sites to read movie news or sure. You know, yeah, I, just no, I, cl- I go for clickbait all the time. It's way entertaining. No, I don't. Yeah, that, that's, that's you're wrong. you're 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 the one that makes their check clears. You're darn like, right, I do because everybody needs a little bit of the money. Whatever. All right, so let's <laughs> uh, steer off from that tangent. I just had right on. Coming so on back. Apple hit Intel hard with its first M1 chips. Ooh. Yeah. I've been wanting now, to see how they've been doing against the other guys. So, yeah, please, by all means, tell me more. Now, offering a rare step change improvement in performance with its 2020 MacBook Air and 13-inch MacBook Pro. Less than a year, it's already starting to compete with the best GPUs from AMD and NVIDIA as well. The new MacBook Pro chips with M1 Pro and M1 Max offer a first glimpse at how well Apple's M1 chips can scale to provide raw performance that rivals the discrete graphics cards we typically find inside Windows-powered laptops. NVIDIA has been trying to woo many Apple professionals and creative customers with its studio laptops, but Apple has not only managed managed to fix the mistakes it made with its MacBook port port selection and keyboard, but it's also scaled up its M1 chips to meet the performance expectation of 14- and 16-inch laptops, too. The results have creative professionals excited and it's easy to see why while windows laptop has looked increasingly tempting to the mac crowd over the past five years apple's new m1 pro and m1 max chips shift the balance particularly in the gpu realm they look like early warning shots at amd and nvidia powered competition apple seems confident and can deliver the same performance as a top discrete graphics card while consuming a lot less power. This is all part of Apple's ambitious plan to transitions to the Mac lineup fully to Apple Apple Silicon by the end of 2022 and just a glimpse at what the company may have coming to support its most powerful Mac, the towering MacBook Mac Pro. Mm-hmm. So this chart, you know, has a graph of the GPU performance versus power. Mm-hmm. The M1 Max performance. Jeff, would you like to read that? Uh, let's see. Buh, 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 buh. The performance. Okay. Apple has compared its M1 Max to two RTX 3080 laptops is the image here. So you got GPU performance versus power. So I have to admit, I'm, I'm if I'm seeing this right, you're looking at 100 watts less power than the other high-end PC graphic cards if I'm seeing this right. So it, it's being very power efficient. Am, yes. I, am I reading this right? That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. The the short answer for to kind of give you a sense of what the graph looks like, if you can imagine like three curved lines on on a graph, uh, the the further over to the right it goes, the more power that it's using, and uh, the M1 Max is very much on the way left side of this. It barely breaks what looks like uh, uh, sixty watts. I'm seeing this right. Um, when it's really kind of cranking up on its performance and whatnot. So it's 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 being very efficient 
versus uh, other high-end stuff where it actually breaks over, got over like 160, 170 watts of power to, to just to really get going up there. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's comparing, you know, the Elmo Max to two RTX. Right. 3080 laptops. Right. And basically both of them are, both of those lines are like right next to each other. Mm-hmm. The, the M1 Max is, is literally just a good gap to the, excuse me, there's a good gap to the left of that whole thing. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, indeed. So basically it, it's getting there. Yeah. No, well, that's it, great. You know, it's still slightly slower than the RTX 3080, but no, according to this, not by, not that much. Not by not by a long shot. No, it's done. That's that's yeah. amazing. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. I was always curious to see what so how the the new Apple chips since they started producing their own chips, this being one of them as to how it's going to perform against other chips that are out there. So, kudos that they're actually doing really good, at least from a, from a power standpoint. That's great. Yeah. So, hey, you know what they say, right? You know, it's better competition for everyone. If that's true. Companies, yeah. So it's like, you know, it's like, oh, like Apple's doing something. Like this? Well, we better we better innovate. Yeah, no, than, that's exactly it. That, and that's that's part yeah. of how capitalism works is that you innovate, you got to do better. You want to be the best out there, get the most sales, whatever it is. You got to keep at it, be competitive. That, absolutely. That's part of what you know makes capitalism so cool. Apart from the obvious abuses of employees and you know launching yourself into space or whatever, but <laughs> that sort of thing. We won't go down that route. But let's suffice it to say that's part of what capitalism does, that it makes everybody competitive and that that's important that's an important aspect to how our marketing system works market economy works yeah so all right well Very cool. if you do have those m1 max and m1 pros you know no what do you guys think let us know yeah let, absolutely i would love to hear about your experiences using the m1 chip so that's that'd be great by all means just yeah. drop a comment for us let us know all right let's move on to the next story and that will be jeff's right. story yeah all right okay well Blizzard will pause plans for an online BlizzCon event in 2022. Okay, so in 2021, the pandemic pretty much canceled a lot of events, and BlizzCon 2021 was no exception to this, right? So they decided for next year's BlizzCon, i.e. 2022, they would call it BlizzConline 2022, right? Yeah, very clever on their part. I will give them that. However, however, an uncredited blog post on Blizzard's website said recently, quote, we decided to take a step back and pause on planning the previously announced BlizzConline event scheduled for early next year, end quote. Now, while a reason wasn't actually cited for why the cancellation is happening, I'm going to begin a round of Jeopardy to answer that question. All right. I'd like to take, I'd like to take investigations of toxic corporate cultures for $100, uh, Simon. Uh, this company has uh, has uh, an alleged corporate culture that is rife with sexual harassment and discrimination. Has an employee walk out several months ago, a departure of the president, J. Allen Brack, and has a several competing investigations. Hmm. What is Blizzard? You're correct. Yay! Yeah. Yeah, I got a hundred bucks. A penny. A penny. <laughs> well, no, I said it was for a hundred dollars, so I get a hundred bucks out of that. Uh, taxes. No! Oh, okay, so I got a penny out of that. All right, well, the article here published by The Verge does go on to discuss the renaming of one of the Overwatch characters because of a high-profile departure over a sexual harassment lawsuit. And yes, you can read into that as being fired because of the lawsuit. But you know what? You know what, Simon? Blizzard, 
after 16 years of BlizzCon being a staple for them, they think there is still a role for BlizzCon. And they said, quote, We would also like to take the time to reimagine what a BlizzCon event of the future could look like, end quote. And to that, this reporter says, good luck with that. We'll be seeing you. Uh, here's how it looks like. Either it's going to be online or in person. There's really not much else you can do. So, if it even like, happens in the first place, I mean, all this controversy with the sexual harassment yeah. lawsuits and the toxic culture, you know what? I would be surprised if people still wanted to go. They probably will still have their takers. I think any any group like this has their their fans, uh, their cultists, whatever you want to call them. They're gonna go regardless of whatever crap is going on in, within the culture itself or the company itself. I hate to say it, but it's kind of true. I mean, yeah. No, it, it does suck. It absolutely does suck, but it's going to happen. And unfortunately, over time, once hopefully this resolves itself in a better and or satisfactory and hopefully better manner, which I would imagine will be very hard to unlock or, or uh, uh, pry out a toxic culprit culture like what we're seeing here, that is going to change eventually. I would hope for the better, and then BlizzCon will come back. You'll be in person. It'll be stronger, and you know the, it'll be a better place to be without all the you know, the the sexual harassment and and all that horrible stuff going on there. So, so yeah. we'll, we will see. We will have to see. I mean, but, uh, I am what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to look at the convention center where they've been having BlizzCon. Oh yeah, for decades decades yep. for years 16 years or so yeah. yeah at the Anaheim Convention Center right on I'm looking at their website and so far I don't see them listed yep nope, for 2022 right so my my guess would be it's and and Grant I assume that they will have had to have reserved it by now oh yeah in order to get the spot if, if they're going to use the space so if the whole thing is going to be online it, it might be on the blizzard campus itself that they're going to do all this granted if they're going to have panels like they usually do with cons maybe they're not going to have panels and whatnot but by the same token obviously it indicates that they're really not going to do this whole online thing in the first place until they resolve the sexual harassment discrimination issues that are that are going on in the corporate culture over over there so we're uh, we're gonna have to see it. So I, I'm not I'm not optimistic about what what's gonna happen, but we may have to wait as late as 2023 to actually kind of figure out what's gonna happen or late 2022. Yeah, let me. I'm really curious. Like where? That is strange. I don't see them. If I may quote quote aliens too, forget it. It's gone. You know, it's. Uh, <laughs> yep. That's what it I'm seeing. They, they, they canceled it. They're yeah. not doing it. Probably not gonna happen. They they need to refocus all their efforts and resources on. Uh, uh, fixing their corporate culture. That's it. Yeah, probably. I don't think it's probably a good time to, for them to do it. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Indeed. All, All right. right. Let's move on to the next story. And next story is Jeff. Okay. Your last All right. story. All right. Now, if anybody who knows usually what my usual stance is when it comes to privacy and security and that sort of thing, um, I am very big on net neutrality and so forth. And I'm, I'm going to kind of dive into it. Now, this tends to be more of the political side of it than the actual discussion of what it is and so forth. But it's important, I think, that that we, we understand this. All right. So President Joe Biden has nominated two women, Jessica War Jessica Rosenworcel, say that five times fast, Jessica Rosenworcel for chair and Gigi Sohn uh, for a seat on the FCC. Now, if they're confirmed by the Senate, uh, Ms. Rosenworcel will be the first woman to have filled the role of chairwoman of the FCC. Now, the big deal about this, apart from the glass ceiling breaking and covering everybody in glass, is twofold. 
If both women are confirmed, the Democrats gain control of the agency. Now, this in turn, this may not seem like such a big deal, but this in turn will start a major push for the restoration of net neutrality. Now, for those who aren't familiar with, with uh, net, what net neutrality actually is, let me give you a quick definition. And this is per Wikipedia, quote, it is the principle that internet service providers, ISPs, <clears throat> excuse me, must treat all internet communications equally and not discriminate or charge differently based on user, content, website, platform, application, type of equipment, source address, destination address, or method of communication. With net neutrality, ISPs may not intentionally block, slow down, or charge money for specific online content. Without net neutrality, ISPs may prioritize certain types of traffic, meter others, or potentially block traffic from specific services while charging consumers for various tiers of service, end quote. In short, at least my take on this, I would just assume that my internet service provider not tell me where I can and can't go when it comes to surfing the web. That's the short story of what net neutrality is. There are many who will argue that Having, you know, removing net neutrality will make more companies more competitive for your dollars. The problem is that if these other third party companies that have very deep pockets, and I'll just throw out Google just to throw out a number or to throw out a company name who have very deep pockets, they might be able to control where people are able to go by bribing or providing money to various internet service providers. Hey, we would rather we have the users go to these Google related owned services as opposed well to these other third party people. The short story is that it's very anti-competitive in that regard. Ergo, net neutrality allows you to decide for yourself equally and you go wherever you want. So that, that's the short story, my take of what net neutrality is. Um, you know, if you want to get into a discussion about it, you're more than welcome to comment accordingly. And I'll certainly uh, try to debate back with you about that. But I don't see a level of competition going on between Internet service providers, especially if they're being given money by other producers or even among the ISPs themselves, who may decide, you know, let's, you know, uh, uh, tier the prices in such a way that it controls whatever people are going to go. Yes, that is conspiracy. Yes, it's it, it falls under a lot of corporate laws breaking and whatnot. But unless they get caught, nobody's going to know, and, and they're going to get away with it. Not the problem. All right. So along with this, the agency will uh, will work to reclassify broadband as a Title II service under the Communications Act, which means that broadband companies like Spectrum, Verizon, Comcast, AT&T, Cox, Frontier, just to name a few, will be reclassified and regulated like a utility company, similar to a phone company or the electric company. Now, this article posted by CNET uh, goes, on, uh, goes on about the ongoing battle between Democrats and Republicans because the latter, the Republicans think that, that it gives the FCC too much power and they'll regulate rates, which is debatably true because rate regulation akin to how utility companies do it, means that broadband would become not-for-profit. I've got like air quotes going there. Become not-for-profit corporations. And thus, it's not good for one stock portfolio uh, if you're looking for high returns in your investment. Um, that's kind of, the, kind of the way it goes. Like with Southern California Edison, I had to look this up. Yes, they brought in a revenue of somewhere in the neighborhood of like $13.6 billion. But the cost uh, is almost that same number. And they always have to go through a congressional hearing just to raise their rates, uh, mainly to cover the cost of what it is to run a power company. So Edison 
doesn't necessarily make a profit. They probably make a small one if they do, but they wind up reinvesting that back into spending it on upgrading their technology or or you know trying to keep the late, the rates lower, whatever, trying to be more efficient, basically, whatever that might entail. So they're not running a profit. It it's it's a lot of money. Yes, I mean I, you can compare what the rates cost here in California, uh, excuse me, versus say Florida, for example. Like during the day here in Edison, Los Angeles. Um, it, uh, during the day, it cost uh, 27 cents a kilowatt hour for, for for electricity versus in Florida during the same time frame, it costs 10 cents. So it is a matter of how the money is spent, what gets taxed and fees and a whole slew of other stuff that goes with why the pricing is the way that it is. So that that's part of that. But the theory is that Edison is not necessarily making a hefty profit off the money we, we provide to them for having electricity to our house. So. Uh, let's see, where am I at here? Okay, so now the article also continues on about how the two nominees would work to close the homework gap, uh, that i.e. ensuring that children in poorer communities have equal or better access to laptops slash digital devices, high-speed internet, etc., like the rich kids do. Uh, they would also impose privacy regulations, uh, create reforms for, finding, for funding lifeline programs, uh, which would provide uh, low-income people with subsidized phone and broadband services. So, you know, possibly by having these two nominees get elected, uh, it would be like if a government agency that is actually serving the people like a public servant should be doing. So there you have it. So I hope they get elected or or nominated, confirmed, whatever the the term is to be a part of the FCC and bring back net neutrality and a whole slew of other stuff that, frankly, the people need. That's that's my take on it. And there you go. Um, Simon, you're muted. You're muted. Muted. There oh, you okay. Go. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. Now I hear you. <laughs> cool. That's <laughs> why I said yeah. earlier. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the big comment there, Jeff. Yeah. Tough guy. It's <laughs> yeah. boy. After a lot, what do you got to say, Simon? Uh, that's great. Thanks. That's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're you're a bit more optimistic optimistic than I am. So no, I I I'm I'm not. I I I want them to be confirmed. I realize that the possibility that they might not. I get that. And I know that the Senate. Um, is is uh, is very evenly divided with the vice president to break the tie the tie. God, I hope it doesn't come to that, but if it does, it does. But uh, you know, we need to bring back some level of sanity and freedom to the internet itself. And and like I said before, I don't need my my internet service provider telling me where I'm allowed to serve, where I can go. If I want to go somewhere that is not funded by whomever is filling their pockets. That's not their problem. I am paying them for a monthly service to go where I want to go, period. Yeah. yeah. So that's just me. So, yeah. You know, so hopefully they'll get in. They'll, you know, these two women will get in on it. And, uh, you know, a lot of these other programs, you know, for low-income families would be a big deal. Like the homework gap, for example. That's a that's a big one. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's not cool that you got these kids in these poor communities who aren't able to keep up technologically with, with the rich kids. That's, that's not cool. And then. Everybody should be equal. Everybody should have an equal opportunity together. It's hard. It's difficult. I get it. But, you know, the pandemic, anything exacerbated that because everybody had to suddenly get a laptop to be able to go to school. You know, I mean, that's that's the short answer for that. So there you go. Yeah. Now, the last item I'm going to bring up here is the price of Bitcoin as of (laughs) closing time yesterday. So for the country of El Salvador, the current price as of closing yesterday is $60,692, 
which is a big up from around $14,400 from closing day on Bitcoin Day, September 8th in El Salvador. So way to go, El Salvador. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it seems like you're like the Bitcoin meter also. No, nah, I think it's hilarious. Personally, I, 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 yeah, it, I, you know, I, I'm all for investments and, you know, wanting to make money and, 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 uh, uh, you know, being prudent with money. is kind of a big deal with me. It always has been. And, um, the fact that a country would utilize something so unstable as, as, as an official currency, to, it, it, it almost offends my, it almost offends me. It, it's so bizarre. And I, I mean, and I mean, offended in a, in a good way. I mean, it's like, what the hell? I mean, it's it, it not, not like a really horrible, oh my God, they're evil. It's, it's not that I, I really could care less, but it, it's just, it, it's, it's offensive to my sense of business. It's like, why would you do something so risky with a, a, a country's economy? You know, it's just, yeah. it just strikes me as very, very crazy. So that's why I, I, that is why I'm harping on this because I'm like, you guys are nuts. Let's, let's just, yeah. All right. Let's see where it goes. Let's see where it goes. But so far, so good. I mean, it, it dipped real hard, but now it's coming back. I, I have to admit, I'm kind of impressed, but who knows? You know, Elon Musk may say something really weird and then it'll, the, the price will drop again, you know, and it's, that's what happened last time. So I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I don't we know. We shall see. Yeah, we shall see. We shall all right. See. Well, that's all the stories we have. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, please come and visit our website, techthatdoesabite.com. You can learn more about us, see links to reviews and other bike casts that we have done. And please uh, definitely visit our web, our uh, YouTube channel. Uh, like and subscribe, hit the notification button so that you know that we are broadcasting like right now. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Yes, we are. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, we, we try to do this every week. We uh, bring you the latest news we can give our take on it. Uh, and hopefully uh, you like what you hear. If you want stuff, if you got stuff you want us to review, uh, by all means, contact us. We'd love to hear from you and we'll go from there. Absolutely. And thank you guys for watching. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our channels you know, on YouTube and also on your podcasting app, you know. Yep, yep. Let us know. You and, know, and which, if we're not on your podcasting yeah. service, please let us know. We'll definitely reach out to them and uh, touch a friend. Yeah, that doesn't sound weird at all. But yeah, absolutely, we'll let them know what's doing getting included on there. Absolutely. But until next time, we will see you on the next show. Take care, everybody. Bye, everyone.